Welcome to the Canine PT Academy podcast. Business lessons for canine rehabilitation therapists. Introducing your host, Dr. Francisco Maya. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you are in this world. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Canine PT Academy podcast, Business Lessons for Canine Rehabilitation Therapists. So today we are wrapping up our series of interviews that we have had over the last few weeks, okay? And uh, we have Anthony Skina, who is a PTA and CCAT with Alpha Animal Rehab and Fitness in New Jersey, okay? But before we go on, just going to mention one last time, uh, as I'm coming back from vacation and resuming the regular episodes after these interviews, I want to do a Ask Me Anything podcast episode. So if you have any questions that you want to ask me, it can be anything business related, it can be any, anything that has come up during these interviews that you, you wish me to clarify, build up upon, whatever it may be, please fill out the link on the show notes to our Google form, and then I'm going to be recording a podcast podcast episode to come out next week where I'm going to answer your questions, okay? Um, if you put your name on the form, I am not going to share who you are in the podcast episode. That's going to be completely anonymous, but leaving your name on the Google form allows me to follow up with you personally afterwards to make sure that I have answered your question, okay? But let's get to today's podcast episode with Anthony Skina and, uh, you know, titled the podcast episode, Business Ownership and Success in Canine Rehabilitation as a Physical Therapist Assistant. And that's one of the things that I was very excited to not just work with Anthony when he joined our Business Accelerator program last year, um, but, you know, even bringing on this podcast episode as well because there's not that many PTAs working in the field. Uh, there's definitely a, a whole different set of challenges for PTAs to work in this field, and we talked about that during the podcast episode. And one of the things that Anthony shared as well is how he is about to release his own podcast as well that is going to focus on that, focus on helping you know PTAs who have this passion to work in the field of animal rehab. So um, make sure to follow uh, him and his clinical social media so you can find out more information about that. We'll be sharing this that information in the show notes as well, um, you know, too. But one of the things that was also very different from Anthony's interview compared to all the different interviews I have done over the last few weeks and even the ones I have done earlier this year is that Anthony is the first one that purchased a, a turnkey business, okay? So he purchased a established canine rehab facility and, and started running that clinic basically a year ago. And we talked about the pros and cons of purchasing a turnkey canine rehab clinic, uh, which was a very interesting conversation because that's honestly not, not, I don't know many people that have done that. And I think probably that's going to start becoming more and more common as the people who have opened a canine rehab clinic 10, 15, 20 years ago or so might get into the point where maybe they want a different challenge in their lives or they're getting ready to retire, whatever it may be, and they might look into sell their business. So, you know, if the, if, if this is something you have been thinking about uh, uh, purchasing one of those businesses, or even if you're thinking of selling your business like that in the future, some very good takeaways too, right? Because even if this is your goal at one point to sell your clinic to someone else, I think it's very important to hear from Anthony's perspective 
like what was the pros and cons for him coming into that right so that way you can you can create a business that's going to help with that process kind of stuff and not that you know the previous owner didn't help him that's not what i mean by it but what i mean is just like you know you can set up for success for both parties you know and i think that that's kind of like very very important the second thing we that i took away from it is how he made lunch and learns to veterinary clinics one of his best ways of marketing and i was very excited to hear about that because i remember when anthony started with the business accelerator program we had this conversation because i started doing lunch and learns for the k9 pt as well just right before COVID. we did chewing person lunch and learns which were the, the very first ones in the first half of march 2020 and then COVID happened and then we have done quite a few virtually through the last few years and then now this year we have done a handful of them back in person again and i shared before how um when i had the opportunity to do this lunch and learns i've looked it, uh, into them with a different perspective because i talked with a lot of people in the field who felt that doing the lunch and learns was a waste of their time and i was trying to understand why so i shifted the way i presented those lunch and learns in what i talked about during those lunch and learns and it really worked for us and then i was able to share that framework with anthony with the business accelerator program and then he has tweaked and make it work for him and we talked more about during the podcast interview as well on how that kind of like all came about um and then the 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 other takeaway I had from it as well is how, you know, our businesses are always evolving and we cannot be complacent and we need to keep pushing forward. Okay. And, and, and that's kind of like a, a much more, you know, um, in depth kind of like thinking, you know, but it is true. Like the minute we become complacent with anything in life is the minute that we stop pushing forward. And it doesn't mean that we always need to be having that more, more, more kind of mindset, you know, where, oh, we just need to keep working harder, working harder, working harder. That's not what I mean. But for you, because for you to be evolving, it's not just about working harder, but it's about working on the right things. And for you to be able to do so, you need, you need to be able to take your level of thinking to another level. And that's where I feel sometimes as canine rehab therapists, we get so caught up as business owners is that we get so caught up with the day-to-day of the ins and outs of just seeing patients, just doing this, just doing that. And then suddenly we're not taking the time to stop, think, and reflect. And if you don't have the time to stop, think, and reflect, then that's where we're going to stop evolving because then we're just going to keep doing the same things over and over and over again. And that's key, guys, no matter where you're at with your business. If you are thinking about starting, if you are on the initial 6 to 12 month period, or if you have had your business for a few years or even 5, 10 plus years, you need to be able to think and reflect so you can keep evolving. And I cannot emphasize how important it is for you to do that, at least on a semi-annual business basis, if not what I recommend is doing that on a quarterly basis. Always reassess how your quarter have gone. Always look back on what worked, what didn't work, what you could have done better, what are the learned lessons from it, and what are your goals and priorities for the next three months. And then in three months, you do that again. 
another three months, you do that again. And then you just create this routine. And you're going to see that if you are consistent about doing that every three months, you're going to accomplish so much more over a 12 or so month period of time than you would if you're just doing the same thing over and over again. So hopefully that makes sense, okay? And like I said, next week we'll come back with our Ask uh, Me Anything type of episode. So if you have any questions, please uh, uh, go ahead as soon as possible and fill out the Google form um, so I can answer your questions as we come back to our regular episodes next week. But right now, let's go to Anthony. Okay, today we have a very special guest, Anthony Skina, PTA uh, owner at Alpha Animal Rehab and Fitness. Anthony, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, friend. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm uh, excited to be on. Awesome. So I always like to start with asking our guests, like, how did you get involved into the field of canine rehab? So uh, good question, because it's always it was always something that was in the back of my mind. But um, I actually had a canine of my own, uh, Miles. He's going to be 14 this year, uh, <laughs> Cockapoo. And uh, unfortunately, you know, a few years back, he blew out both of his CCLs. Um, so uh, we opted into uh, getting those surgically repaired because we thought that would give him the best quality of life, you know, uh, afterwards. And uh, what was interesting at that time was the the surgeon uh, did not promote any physical therapy uh, post-op. So that kind of red flagged me. I, I did uh, let the surgeon know that I come from the human PT world and I do have some skills that I think would probably help as long as, you know, you would guide me through it and, and everything like that. Um, but, uh, you know, the surgeon just wound up giving me a lot of don'ts and restrictions and uh, incremented walks were sufficient enough for the, the post-op recovery. Um, you know, me coming from the PT world, uh, just knowing ACL injuries and everything like that, uh, it just didn't sit right with me. So, uh, you know, that's what basically propelled me to do a nosedive into researching canine rehab, um, if it actually did exist and um, where I could do it, where I could learn it. Um, and yeah, kind of spiral from there. Awesome. And then tell us more about Alpha Animal Rehab and that how it came to be. So as I went through the program at University of Tennessee, their CCRP program, um, I eventually got to the point where I was observing and shadowing. Mm -hmm. um, I did way beyond the hours that they wanted just because uh, for me personally, uh, especially when I was going to school, um, uh, in PTA for PTA, um, you know, they always told us go to as many clinics, observe as many, uh, practitioners as possible. If you really want to learn, there is no one set practitioner that will know all and tell all. So, uh, I opted to do that and I followed two PTs and one veterinarian. Um, the last PT that I followed, her name is Amy Flannery. And, uh, she had actually, uh, owned her business for about 15 years. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I, I got to work alongside of her and she was looking to basically offload and retire soon. So, um, you know, I had enlightened her about me wanting to open up my own business because that's basically what my end game was too. Um, so it was just kind of perfect timing in a sense. And, uh, yeah, 
June of last year, I wound up taking over Animal Rehab and Fitness in Alpha, New Jersey. And uh, it's been a wild ride since. Yeah. And did you, this is very interesting because I think you, you, I think, no, I know you're, you're my first guest that have come through this situation. Uh, uh, everyone that I've had before, they started their business at one point in time. And you're the first one who come with this background of actually buying established business, which is very fascinating, very interesting, and probably like a very unique kind of like experience with, with many lessons, many things kind of like for you to share. So what, what would you say were some of the main challenges that you encountered now, just, uh, not even a year ago, right? You said June of 2022. So it hasn't even been a full year now. Yeah, that's correct. So we're, we're almost at the year mark. Uh, yeah. June 6th will be our one oh, year so anniversary. Just around the corner then. Oh big yeah. Party, yeah. Big, big party coming up. Yeah. We're going to do a little <laughs> bit, a little bit of celebrating that for sure. Um, getting through, getting through the one year of a wild ride. Like I said, um, taking over somebody else's business obviously has its pluses and its minuses. You know, um, the 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 takeaway of of taking over an established business was it was the path of least financial resistance and risk. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the area that I am located in New Jersey, Northeast New Jersey, it can be quite expensive just for rent alone. Um, mm-hmm. So. With that being said, starting somewhere brand new um, from the ground up, you know, not really having a patient base or connections with uh, with vets or anything like that, it, it seemed like a very tall mountain to climb. Uh, mm-hmm. So when I was presented with uh, animal rehab and fitness, it seemed like uh, I said before the path of least financial risk and and resistance having an established patient base, having some connections uh, with with vets as well, and just, you know, uh, making it a more turnkey process. You yeah. know, it you sign on Friday, walk in on Monday. And it was very, it was a very cool experience uh, going through that. Um, now, it's not to say that there were some minuses mm-hmm. that uh, I did experience. Mm-hmm. Um the one thing being, you know, that patient base also expects a certain way of business being run there. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I had to adapt and conquer because not every therapist treats the same way. We can be very similar in right. our therapies. But, um, yeah, you know, some therapists are more conservative. Some therapists are a little bit of both conservative and a little bit of uh you know, not aggressive, but just more proactive is uh, the word I would use. And um, yeah, so there's, you know, uh, there was bumpy roads there. And then um, just basically some of the challenges I would say is, you know, really knowing your demographic and your surrounding area. Um, Amy, at the time when she had opened this place, you know, she didn't need to do a lot of marketing. She didn't need to do a lot of outreach um, because she was really the only place in town, you know, Um, now, obviously that was, you know, 15 years ago. And as she grew, so did canine rehab. And so did, you know, canine rehab establishments around her. Um, she was still, still pretty good because she had her following and she had her word of mouth referrals, but, um, you know, that can tend to fade when she steps down and I step in. Right. So, right. Yeah. 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 I'm sure some people, 
stayed on, but you know, there's the challenge of of, of the, the the clients who are there for that person, right? For yeah. this previous owner kind of stuff, which is which is completely normal, even if it wasn't selling a practice. But even when a therapist sometimes leaves a practice, you know, yeah. there are sometimes clients that choose to, you know, discontinue or follow that therapist. That's kind of like very, very normal. But that's interesting what you bring up too. The fact that, you know, when that business was open, you said 15 or so years ago, right? It was Correct. the yeah. it was the only one around. And, you know, and, and so she built this reputation where she didn't really need, you know, to rely too much on the marketing and stuff where now mm -hmm. things have changed. So I'd be curious to hear, like, what were the things that over the last 11 months, now almost a full year that you, you, you've you been in charge marketing wise, what were the things that you have started to implement since then? So I definitely have to say um, in the beginning, I had a vision and uh, the, my vision was to alter it as uh, an establishment I used to work in in, in the human world. Um, mm -hmm. I found out quickly that did not work. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I did a lot of drop-off material to places. And with that, you know, it is helpful. Um, but I would say you're only hitting the front line. And a lot yeah. of times your material is pushed to the side and then eventually tossed out. Um, so what I, what I did was I, I just kind of looked into how I can do an outreach, how I can create awareness. And, uh, you know, it was ironic. I wound up stumbling upon your program mm -hmm. and I was like, no way there's actually <laughs> somebody out there that can help. And, uh, you know, that's when I reached out to you and, uh, got the education on the business, business accelerator program. And uh, it was very enlightening, uh, especially I have to say, probably the best thing that I've ever seen work was the lunch and learns, the lunch and learns, okay. going to going to these vet clinics and and doing a lunch and learn and creating that awareness and, and just showing them, you know, yes, you might know canine rehab, but here is how it really works. And here is what we do. And here is how we are different. And here is why you should refer to us. Um, I think was huge uh, other than, you know, dropping off uh, a dozen donuts and here's our material and we would love to work with you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so that was one of the biggest things I saw. Um, and then once we got to the part where uh, Google ads was involved, that was like my, my secondary follow-up of, you know, uh, patients coming in, Googling us being present, um, especially since I am, you know, a newer establishment on Google because I didn't take over her business profile. I, I created my own business profile. So I had mm -hmm. to start from scratch, getting the reviews and everything like that, and trying to make sure that I do show up when Canine Rehab was Googled. So mm -hmm. um, it was pretty huge to kind of see what you can do with the Google ads and how you can make it meatier with the extensions and everything like that, which was very helpful. Um, especially, you know, I, I practiced and I, I was in different locations Googling, you know, canine rehab and some always come up no matter where you are in New Jersey, you know, some had always come up even if they're, you know, super far over a hundred miles away. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, I, I was like, I have to be like that. And, um, Google was, was a huge help. The lessons, uh, I should say from you guys, uh, was a big help with Google ads. Yeah. 
Cool. Yeah. And those are the two main things that for us, it works really well too. a combination of the Google ads and the lunch and learns. And just out of curiosity, then, you know, potentially for the listener who might find themselves in a position like you of Mm -hmm. purchasing a business that is already established. Was there a particular reason why you chose to create a new Google business profile and start that from scratch rather than using the previous one? So, yes. And the reason was, uh, Amy, the previous owner, actually had two establishments, so I okay. couldn't take her profile away from her. Gotcha. Um, she she uh, had two establishments about thirty minutes away from each other. Uh, mm-hmm. She was getting to a point where she was not feeling like she could run both of them. So yeah, I get it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So she, you know, it was, like I said, it was just timing was everything. We were both looking for, you know. Uh, she was looking for a way to offload and I was looking for a way to, to gain a business and it just worked out perfectly. Um, but not mm-hmm. without its lessons. That's for sure. Oh yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's with anything. And, yeah. um, that's so, so yeah, it wasn't much like you had a choice. It's just like you had to start your own profile, which has its pros and cons. I was just kind of like curious. About yeah. 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 And you know, besides that, uh, the lessons, you know, this, her alpha location was only open two days a week. Oh, the you one know? that, the one that you purchased? The one that it? I took over. Yeah. Oh, it was okay. only open two gotcha. days a week and her okay. other facility was open the other three. So she was bouncing back and forth. And so mm-hmm. I actually took over a facility that was only open two days a week. And, you know, within five months, I was able to expand it to five days a week. Nice. And, but that was a lot of lesson learning and, oh, yeah. you know, getting also insight from the canine PT Academy yeah. as well. So, yeah. uh, that's a huge I, growth. I, yeah. That's a huge growth. Yeah. It was a, it was a, it was an days. awesome, yeah, it was an awesome milestone, you know, um, especially, you know, it was just, you know, I had a goal of three days, I had a goal of four days and then, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it just wound up like I have to open five days. Like there's just no room. I can't, you know, <laughs> yeah. overwork my staff, um, which again, then I had to expand with my staff and you guys are very enlightening on, you know, wh- who you should hire and why you should hire them, which I thought was really cool too, because as a brand new business owner, you know, this is not only, you know, did I purchase a business, but this was my first business ever trying to run. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm always used to being the employee. And now I'm the employer, you know, so going through the hiring process, you know, figuring out what positions I really need to ensure that this business runs smoothly day to day, Um, which was, again, super helpful. And I think the most beneficial position I ever got was an operations assistant, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, trying to run a business and also treat the canines just I, I had to split in half if I really wanted to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the operations assistant was uh, a very go-to position that really helped Alpha expand as well. Yeah. Um, some some really great points that you bring it up. It's like, yeah, the fact that this was your first business, which that's how also it is. Yeah, for most of us, and then it's a new. Mm it's a new thing that we got to learn, right? It's like, we never learn how to be a business owner, right? So then suddenly yeah. you, you at first trying to find yourself, figure it out, okay, how I can get the schedule busier so we can go from two days to three days to four days and five days. And then, like you said yourself, there's only so many hours in the day and then you start yeah. figuring out, I need help. I need 
kind of like the support. And that's a whole new ballpark too, in terms of the 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 hiring process, interviewing and 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 then like I don't know how it was for you, but I just remember when I had my first employee and you know in the summer of 2019 how weird it felt to me to be someone's boss. Like I had never like been anyone's <laughs> boss before, you know? And then suddenly it's like, yeah, like this person's payroll relies on me, you know? <laughs> yeah, I have to say, so um, I was lucky enough to know how to be someone's uh, boss or superior as mm -hmm. uh, in the human world. Previously, I was a director of a, a rehab facility so mm -hmm. i knew that part but yes the the payroll dependency right like mm -hmm. will i'm will i be able to make enough to make sure that you get paid mm -hmm. um is you know if i wasn't bald already i probably think i'd have <laughs> thinning <laughs> hair just from that you know um so yeah that was that was definitely uh something that was always from week to week on the back of my mind you know making sure you know as a new business owner you're like counting your patients on the schedule like okay will i be able to you know make payroll mm. can i pay the bills can i keep the lights on and you know for sure i did i had plenty but still it's just always you know keeping track and making sure that you don't fall behind and for sure um i think the biggest thing was too that even though i was open five days a week and and we were looking pretty great on the schedule that for me was something I was taught in uh, from my previous employer that uh, don't get complacent, right? Like your schedule's full now, but next week you can have 20 cancellations you or you know, five cancellations. Yeah. So always be trying to fill your schedule. Always be mm -hmm. trying to make sure that, you know, you're, you're creating that outreach you want. You're trying to build that patient base. Even if you're full, you should be building your patient base. Yeah, never... It's, it's, it's never to never take the foot of the gas pedal. Yeah. I think that's yeah. kind of like something I, I've learned a little bit the hard way too. It's like, once you get your marketing going, no matter what it is, what strategies you're doing, don't get to a certain way, like you said, complacent mm. and be like, oh, right now I'm too busy. Let me, let me slightly yeah. take my uh, foot off the gas pedal on the marketing because right now I'm too busy anyways, because before you notice your schedule, you like I said, you're gonna have tons of cancellations. Maybe you're gonna have a snowstorm, you know, mm -hmm. like where yeah. you and I live. Like something's gonna happen where the schedule is gonna drop. And then if you took the the your foot off the gas pedal, then you don't have that new flow potentially coming in. And then you're like, oh shoot, you know, what do I do yeah, now? Exactly. I mean, you know, being a business owner and and everything like that is it's you have to just always have a mindset of you know your business is always going to be evolving. Uh, like the examples you gave, but also, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes away, now a competitor's open, you know? So you have to just mm -hmm. be ready to uh, be ready, you know? Um, it, and that's the biggest thing in my mindset is that don't be complacent um, and make sure, you know, you have your operations assistant, you have your your staff that can do this outreach, that can create this awareness and build your patient base. And I think, again, like the biggest thing for me is I'm always trying to do a lunch and learn, you know, set me up with a lunch and learn. Um, I think not only is it helping to create a patient base, but there's still plenty of pet owners and vets alike that just aren't aware. 
And I think right. creating awareness and, and, and that outreach definitely helps, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I've done a lot of lunch and learns where they say, yeah, I heard of you guys. And I've always thought of sending you somebody, mm-hmm. but you know, it either slipped their mind or this or that. But now when you come there and you actually show them what you do and you give them examples and you show the media, of, you know, uh, some patient treatments, it mm-hmm. just, it gives them the nudge that they should have had before to send right. you a patient. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so like, yeah, I'm glad that you kind of like circle back to it. Cause I did want to talk a little bit more about the lunch and learns that have worked so well for you. Cause mm-hmm. I think there are two main challenges I have found with canine rehab therapists once, once it comes to lunch and learns. One is first how to get their foot in the door to actually get the lunch and learn. And then the mm-hmm. second one is then how to make those work, how to make those effective. Right. So, yeah. so what do you do? to get your foot in those doors and, and get in there for the lunch and learn? So I have my operations assistant uh, do a lot of research of the radius uh, around alpha, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I give them a radius and we start there. We start with the local. And then once we've hit the local, we expand out a little further our reach. Um, you know, uh, it's rinse and repeat there. And we don't go too far, obviously, right. um, because, uh, you know, some people will drive a decent, you know, uh, a drive for you, but they won't drive that far. Yeah. Um, and the biggest thing is uh, most are receptive, to be yeah. honest with you. And there are some that aren't, mm-hmm. or there are some that, you know, pick up the phone and say, yes, we would love that. And we don't hear from them again. And, but then we call them back and we still don't hear from them. And there are, there have been instances where, you know, I, I give my operations assistant three phone calls and she gives me a list on those, uh, vet places that didn't basically call back after three phone calls. And then I go there in person with my material and uh, okay. you know, the next box of donuts. So I use that as a last resort, not a first resort. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I go there and I introduce myself and I, you know, I remind them that, you know, Hey, we've been, we've been calling. We just wanted to see um, if you were still game for uh, a lunch and learn to really kind of see how canine rehab works and what we do, how we do it. And a lot of times, you know, when they see a face um, and you're in person, it can, it can definitely help after you can't really get through the barrier of the phone call. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I love what you brought up in terms of, you know, stopping by with your marketing stuff and you know some sweets some treats kind of stuff but that being like the last resort right and mm-hmm. i feel that that's a little bit of the shift i don't know how it was when when you were the the director for that pt clinic but um when, when i worked in human pt back 10 years ago and i had to do some of that marketing it was the opposite like the first thing the regional director would ask me to do is like just stop by five clinics yeah. a week <laughs> you know like you don't even know the clinic but just stop by and leave your stuff with the front desk and stuff and of course that never worked and i hated like you know doing it and i still see people doing both in pt and then in on rehab that being mm-hmm. the first line of offense, you know, which, which I like how you still, you know, use that as part of the strategy, but not as kind of like what you're leading with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I, like I said, but prior to kind of engaging your program, that's actually, I, you, sometimes you learn the hard way, right? So that's what, yeah. how I started. And ironically, you know, after I learned about lunch and learns, I went to the same places. I did the whole donuts and material and they were none the wiser sometimes all of a sudden <laughs> they, uh, either that or they were playing dumb and they were like, Oh yeah, that would be great. Like, come on in. And, 
hey, maybe they wanted a free lunch, but you know, afterwards they were enlightened and we received referrals. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you gotta you gotta use with you know what works, and yeah. um, you know we have we have scripting that we use that I have my operations assistants use, um, and a lot of it was guided by your program. Uh, you know, obviously we tweaked it to our environment, our demographic, and everything like that. But like I said, more times than not, they're pretty receptive right yeah. over the phone. And the ones we just can't reach or that are too busy, sometimes it just uh, it's fate where I have to go in in person and the office manager's there and we get to talking and then we set it up right there. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, very helpful. And then and then you're there. You, you, you get, you know, you get to book that lunch and learn. So then how have you gone about then making that opportunity effective for you? Like how, how do you conduct those lunch and learns? So um, we uh, always ask what their favorite restaurant is. (laughs) (laughs) Butter them up with their favorite food. Um, And I, so I have an on staff vet and she does all the evaluations Mm -hmm. and her and I uh, make sure to obviously block out the time in some of our work days. Uh, Her and I go there and we uh introduce ourselves we go through it all and i have to say uh at first it was a little bit of trial and error mm-hmm. uh, then i also stumbled upon you 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 divulged us in some material of your lunch and learns which were actually really helpful um and from there it kind of evolved on what worked and what didn't and what felt repetitive and and you know did we have enough media to show examples of you know, what we do and how we do it. Um, so it was really with each lunch and learn, I was actually learning as well oh, on how to fine tune my PowerPoint and the way I could show them how canine rehab works. For um, sure. But yeah, I would have to say, you know, the template that you laid down was something that was very helpful. Yeah, it is It is practice, right? That's the thing. It's yeah. like, yeah, the the first couple one that you do, just like anything in life, it's going to be a little uh, kind of stuff. But then the more you yeah. do, the better you get. You, Like I said, you tweak it, you improve yeah. it, and then you just become more confident with it. Like right now, like uh, uh, it, it might be the same with you. I have the same PowerPoint at this point I've been using for a while because we really fine-tuned over time. I mean, I don't even have to look at the PowerPoint anymore. Like I, I, I know where the conversation yeah. is going. And the nice thing too is before uh what i have found in the beginning where i was so focused on 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 reading my notes from the powerpoint <laughs> to make sure i wasn't missing anything that i was missing sometimes uh the opportunity to just read the room and adapt mm. the conversation to the audience and to that particular practice and maybe something that they do right if that practice is more holistic if that practice does acupuncture does laser and i was missing some opportunities of just like going with the flow a little bit where now the presentation for me at least it's just so second nature at this point that it become i don't worry about it anymore you know and it, it allows my brain to focus more on the people in front of me and 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 read them and be able to kind of like take the conversation in a different direction if maybe you know i don't know if you have experienced the same yeah so uh obviously in the beginning you're kind of looking at the slide and trying to just grab the the bullet points that you put on there yeah and you know you're trying not to turn your your back towards the room and everything like that but yeah at this point you know i i could say i've done enough lunch and learns where i i see the title of the slide and i just 
turn and say, okay, you know, <laughs> X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's basically it. I've even, you know, uh, especially if I feel that there's certain points in the PowerPoint where, you know, we're, we're really divulging in the education and sometimes, you know, slide after slide of education, like I've even, you know, marked a slide where I know I'm going to tell like a lighthearted joke so that we can kind of mm-hmm. refresh the room a little bit too, to make sure that mm-hmm. I'm not losing them. Cause you know, sometimes even these, uh, the vets and the vet techs, they're working hard, you know, and sometimes their, their lunch kind of hour that they get, sometimes they take a power nap, you know, and sometimes they're trying to rest. And I know that if they're kind of, the room is semi dark and there's just this one little, uh, PowerPoint that's, you know, just getting very educational. I, I know that sometimes eyes can close. So I make yeah. sure that I'm keeping the room awake with a couple of laughs here and there too. Yeah. Keep them engaged. Keep, keep it yeah, fun. Exactly. Yeah, agree. Yeah. Agree. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So then, you know, let's circle back to the fact that now it's going to be like a year that you have been, yeah. you know, uh, uh, in business. So looking back at the last 12 months, Anything that you would do differently, knowing what you know today? So, um, you know, when I when I really sat down and I crunched the numbers, uh, you know, it, you never think it's feasible to afford to own your own business, and mm-hmm. um, that was the biggest thing, especially in the area that I live, where I didn't open up. Um, I I kind of looked back and I said, huh, you know, could I have done it? what I know now. And of course, what I know now with the lunch and learns and everything, I feel like I could have started from ground zero and and definitely, you know, uh, excelled. But the, the takeaway from taking over somebody else's business is do your research, know your demographic, Mm -hmm. know your plan of attack, uh, how you are going to obviously transition, not just, um, some of the patients that you're getting, but, you know, I also had some of the staff members too. So, uh, you know, the other thing is you're, you're now providing a different style of, um, you know, boss type things. And so it wasn't just, you now there's a new therapist, but now there's a whole new boss for the staff members. So you, you kind of have to work in and know which, each employee, you know, how they, how they work and, you know, what engages them. And, you know, um, I think the biggest takeaway of a turnkey is that it is of a lower risk financially, but there are a lot more challenges internally that you have to kind of correct for yourself if you want it run your way. Yeah. Yeah. Those are some great, yeah, those are some great points too. To bring it up, which would be different if you started from the get-go, but you yeah. know, great, great lessons to kind of like keep in mind for sure. Um, and then for for someone who 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 is maybe finding themselves in a position where maybe they're even just contemplating right now getting certified in canine rehab, or they're going through the certification, or they got certified, and you know, they don't know kind of like where to go about it. Any pros of wisdoms, any recommendations, any resources out there that you wanted to share with folks? So, um, you know, there, there's now kind of three main options out there for becoming certified in canine rehab, which is always great when you have more options. I know there's a CCAT program out there now at NC State, which is, you know, the, the reason why I picked the University of Tennessee prior to NC State opening uh, up their own program was just, you know, they were local. 
um, and never been to Tennessee. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, obviously I looked at their program too, and I, I really did compare uh, them between CRI and, you know, they were very similar. Um, you know, the, the difference was that uh, I needed to stay as local as possible. That was really mm -hmm. the, the factor for me. Yeah. And I would say, you know, as a PTA, uh, we have the biggest hurdles, right? So um, as everyone always says, check your practice acts, mm -hmm. right? Know what you can and can't do. Know, know what your practice act pertains to animals. Um, I've been very enlightened by that too. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it is at the end of the day, in some states still considered veterinary medicine. So you have to abide by that. Uh, that is why I have an on-staff vet. Um, so I am, you know, still her rehab assistant in that sense. You know what I mean? Um, which is, you know, uh, how New Jersey works if you are not a PT. Obviously, we still take vet referrals, even though I have a vet on board. Um, mm -hmm. It's just the it's just the way we work because yeah. I think, uh, you know, my veterinarian on staff, she wants to do rehabilitation she doesn't want to take over somebody's patient and then say okay you know yes now they need rehab we are still working in the parameters that we should be getting referrals from the vets and making sure mm -hmm. that they're included in the in the treatment as well yeah yeah i agree making sure you're being as diligent as as possible through the whole process do and, do yeah. your homework yeah. uh you know i i would even say go as far as um talking to a lawyer uh, you know, I talked to a lawyer who was a veterinarian and a lawyer, you know, she had gone to law school after becoming a veterinarian. So she really enlightened me on New Jersey's Practice Act and, you know, how we function and how we operate. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to already have the vet on staff. So we were all good there. Um, so, yeah, if you are a PTA, um, you obviously still need a superior. Uh, but in the animal world, a vet is a good superior. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And and I'll yeah. even stop a step into my soapbox a little bit and say, not only yeah, do your diligence and look into the practice act where you at and and all that kind of stuff, but then I would say also get involved, you know, because mm -hmm. sometimes what what I see is you know in our instance of course of PTs and PTs getting frustrated with like oh but i live in a state where the practice act says this or don't say that or whatever it mm -hmm. may be so because of that i'm not going to pursue this dream that i have of doing canine rehab but then it's like okay mm -hmm. but what, what are you going to do about it right it's not yeah. no no changes are going to happen unless someone pushes forward you know with those changes and sometimes yeah. we, what I have seen over the years is just PTs and stuff, just being a little bit complacent and being like, oh, I'm just going to wait until the loss change, right? Yeah. And it's never magically just going to change unless someone yeah. is pushing that. <laughs> it's it's true. I mean, the laws can change um, uh, against us, right? At the end of the day, canine rehabilitation, uh, from what I've seen in most states, it's still like that fine line of veterinary medicine. So if there's enough vets that say, you know, this is, this is our turf, then, you know, they get the legislation passed. We could be going back to humans. You know what I mean? Unless mm -hmm. we're always working underneath a vet. Um, yeah. But yeah, do your homework, 
if you're a PTA, don't be discouraged about, you know, uh, trying to find a job. There are jobs out there. Make connections. Talk to PTs and vets alike. You have options for sure, but you have to know what your state allows. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. And then, uh, you know, so you can start kind of like wrapping it up to what would you say yeah. has been the most rewarding part of this journey for you, both as a business owner and also your career now as a, as a canine rehab therapist? Yeah. Uh, so as a business owner, you know, I only have experience of a turnkey operation. So for me, the the best experience that I have and I'm still going through is being handed uh, semi-hard clay, but still being able to mold it. Mm. So um, it's a little tougher than your normal soft clay that's ready to be molded. Um, but I think with the challenges uh, comes a, a greater reward from it. So I've been having a lot of challenges, that's for sure. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, each challenge, you just have to keep accepting and take it head on. And you will come out on the other side. Uh, it's not always a fun ride, but uh, when you do come out of it, you, you, you're, you're wiser, you're stronger, and you know how to attack it if it happens again. And it, it's been, uh, like I said, it's been a wild ride, but um, I'm just learning so much from, from being a business owner and the challenges that it, it, it presents. And I, I have a newfound respect for my previous employers too, because you know, as an employee, you know, with some of the meetings, you know, everybody would tend to kind of roll their eyes at certain things. And now mm -hmm. I actually see where he's coming from. You know what I mean? So I, I, <laughs> I see the other side and I know mm -hmm. I, I also see the eye rolls now, you know what I mean? So <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a, like I said, it's a very interesting and wild ride. Awesome. Awesome. Um, awesome. And then uh, how can people, you know, I'll post it in the show notes, sure. website to uh, uh, Alpha Rehab and stuff, but how can people find you outside of it, social media and whatnot? Yeah, so um, I also have an email as well. Uh, didn't think it through when I uh, initially created it. Um, didn't know how much I'd be handing it out. So uh, my email is alpha animal rehab and fitness at gmail.com and uh it's nice and long so i hope you don't forget it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh our website is alpha rehab and fitness.com and uh we also have social media and instagram just look us up it's alpha animal rehab and fitness uh we tend to do a lot of fun posts it's it's uh it's yeah. been pretty cool and um in July, I will be also uh, starting a podcast. So, uh, oh, nice! Since since I am a PTA, I do want to create awareness and outreach to the underdogs, and that's mm -hmm. basically what it's going to be titled. So, it's an underdog story: the business of canine rehab, going versus you know going over treatments and also back of the house stuff. Nice. Uh, oh, that that's I, exciting. That, that I think will be helpful for you know, all professionals, but also, you know, give a little confidence and courage to PTAs and assistants out there that, you know, mm -hmm. uh, are discouraged yeah. in that sense. I love so. that because, because it, it, it does add a layer of challenging for PTAs and assistants to get certified, right? Because in, in yeah. you know, 
the the just the way things are kind of stuff. So I love that idea and definitely we'll we'll, we'll share it once it kind of like comes out and stuff. That's very exciting. But, That's awesome. Thank you. But uh, Anthony, thanks so much. Really appreciate you coming as a guest today. Uh, really yeah, appreciate, I appreciate you having me. Really appreciate you have gotten to know you better, uh, you know, over the last like eight, nine months or so since yeah, you, it's you been know, great. You first you... signed up with the program and stuff. I, I just remember talking with you right after you signed up and you told me that you had just bought this business and this and yeah. that. And you're 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 like me too, like you know, have all these ideas and all this kind of stuff oh, and what to do and whatnot. The traffic, it was, it was nonstop traffic in my brain. Yeah. It, was, it was nuts. So it's just being it's just been amazing now catch up with you almost a year later and just kind of like see how much you have well grown alpha rehab yeah but then also just kind of like seeing like what you know you just shared a little nugget on what's coming next for you two and just seeing some of yeah. those other ideas coming into fruition too so that's exciting yeah I, i've been super excited about it um I, I i start recording some of the podcasts next month and um i just you know with just trying to create awareness uh, in canine rehab in general and knowing that, you know, I'm a PTA and, uh, you know, seeing that I can do it and that there is an actual path for a PTA or, a, you know, a rehab assistant out there. Um, I, I felt like I had to let people know I had to yeah. create that awareness as well and that outreach as well. So, um, but I have to say a lot of this has been, you know, uh, because I've been, been inspired through other, you know, uh, podcasts, yours, um, the vet rehabbers podcast. There was just, there were so many, uh, you know, mediums out there to inspire me that, um, you, you know, your program as well, how it just kept aiding me in the next step that I needed. Um, I just felt like, you know, uh, the assistants out there don't always know that they can get through it as well. Awesome. So yeah, for the listener, yeah. go ahead and follow Alpha Animal Rehab so you can stay in tune with what Anthony yes. is doing. We'll be you, promoting yeah. it soon. Yeah. Go ahead so you don't miss out. And Anthony, thanks. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thanks again for having me, Frank. Thank you for listening to another episode of the K9 PT Academy podcast business lessons for canine rehabilitation therapist if you enjoyed what we had to say please make sure to share or subscribe to our podcast or even leave us a review you can also email us at hello at caninepttacademy.com that's hello at caninepttacademy.com with any questions or suggestions and go to caninepttacademy.com to find more resources and content including our fee calculator spreadsheet which is absolutely free and will help you determine how much you should be charging for your sessions because let's face it determining what we should be charging is one of the biggest struggles we have as business owners in the canine rehabilitation field you can also find all of that information and more under the show notes Finally, I would just like to add a disclaimer that any of my thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are mine and mine alone, and in no way reflect the opinion or position of any other organization or company I may be associated with. Thank you for listening, and remember, if you're not having fun and enjoying life or running your business, then what's the point in doing so? So please go ahead and start having some fun.